to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode 16. Uh, this is Corey, and today we're actually joined by a special co-host, uh, the infamous JK3 that has been mentioned several <laughs> times by Derek. So, uh, hello, JK3. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Uh, Corey, thanks very much, man. Uh, big fan of the podcast. Uh, very excited uh, that you guys asked me to come on, and... Uh, Hopefully this is a, a, a lolly pip for moment for us. You know, uh, uh, Derek's out, married. And, uh, for you guys that don't know the story between Wally Pip, I think it was what, Lou Gary, right? <laughs> yeah. Lou Gary, Wally Pip. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he comes in and, you know, of course now Lou Gary is a, uh, a, uh, a staple in history. So maybe this is my shot. Wow. Wow. That's a pretty good little, uh, introduction there. I like that. I like that a lot. Hey, man. I, I've been looking forward to this for a while, man, so I'm excited. So you wrote that over the course of a couple of weeks, pretty much, that little intro? or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I mean, I thought about it literally. What am I going to say? And this is very methodical, so it, let, let's just hope it works out the way that I thought it was going to go in my head. Yeah, that's funny. So Down by the Bank is obviously your favorite podcast, so that's awesome. Uh, Abs- so, absolutely. <laughs> there's no other Jaguars podcast that I'm aware of, so that's good. Um, <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> so, uh, and like you mentioned, uh, Derek just got married, and so he's actually on his honeymoon. Um, I'm not going to say where, I guess, because it seems like privacy reasons or something probably, but um, pretty awesome right. place that he went to. And, uh, you know, obviously congratulations to him and to... Uh, his wife, which is just kind of cool to say now, uh, Wendy, who's an awesome person. So, uh, congrats to them. Yeah. Congrats guys. Uh, I've known Derek and, uh, Wendy for a while. So, uh, it's awesome, man. You know, that just, uh, Derek's living proof that there's love out there for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <Wendy's, laughs> definitely shout out for Wendy. I know, uh, he mentioned that she listens to some of them here or there. Uh, she's awesome. So we, we appreciate her. And, uh, you know, everything like that. So, uh, just to kind of get started. So this is kind of the, the first podcast we've recorded since the Jaguars and Bears game. Um, you know, we were kind of talking beforehand that we're not going to sort of rehash too much from the game, you know, being that it's Thursday and everybody's been talking about it all week. Um, but you know, 17 to 16 win, two and three record now. Um, You know, I don't like looking at the stats probably shouldn't have won that game. And again, I don't know if this has been the theme that everybody else has been discussing as well, but rushing yards were awful, uh, less mm-hmm. total yards overall, more turnovers, lower percentage on mm-hmm. third down conversion. And then Ben's touchdown, he fell down and then scored it. So, uh, you know, it's good to see a come behind, come from behind victory though, regardless, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a W is a W, you know, two and three. Momentum is, is, is going, but I mean, man, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig and tell me that it's not a pig. <laughs> I mean, that was just, I mean, these guys, man, I mean, we've got Ivory, 11 carries for, I think, 32. TJ Yeldon, you know, six carries for 21. Um, public school educated, so 17 for 53 if my numbers uh, <laughs> add up. Oh, that's that, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. The, the the run game, I mean, this is an NFL team we're talking about. 17 yards between two guys for 53 – or excuse me, 17 carries for 53 yards between two guys. I mean, what, what, I mean, where is it? You know, where do you, where's, the, where's the run game at? Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and it's just like you don't know what to attribute it to. You know, I don't know if it's 
it's the play calling or to me it seems like they're making a conceited effort to try to run it but it's just not working yeah yeah i mean it's just weird man because you just don't know if it's the o-line i mean you know granted yeah they're they're a ragtag bunch but you don't know if it's the o-line or if or if it's the the play calling like you said or, or or if it's the backs i mean you know maybe you know we're one of those teams where you know ivory is just on his down, you know, downswing. I mean, this is a thousand yard rusher from last year. Right. Yeldon's not showing what he showed in at Bama or his rookie season. So, I mean, but then maybe it's just coaching. I mean, we did have a play where Julius Thomas was acting as a pulling guard or a pulling tight end and got in the way of, of Ivory's run. <laughs> and I just, just thinking like, you know, just line up and run the ball before we get, you know, let's get five, you know, four, three yards consistently before we start getting cute, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, to me, you're probably right when it comes to coaching. I mean, is that the optimal way to be using Julius Thomas in the offense, you know? Yeah. I mean, and you wouldn't even, and why, if that is the play call that you would use, why would you not use your best blocking tight end, AKA Mercedes Lewis, you know, in, in that, you know, why would you just not use your blocking tight end instead of the high price, free agent that we bought in here, uh, you know, two years ago, that was just going to be, or a year ago, that was just going to be this amazing tight end. You know, he was going to create these matchups. Now he's got the guy pulling. Right. Yeah, it is kind of, I mean, that again, you know, cooler, water cooler talk during the week. That's one of the things also that's been kind of, kind of a bummer on top of the run game is just, you know, Julius Thomas had kind of a good start to the season, I think, in the first couple games. But for the most mm-hmm. part, over the, the latter half, I mean, you just you haven't really seen very much from him. And again, I don't know what to attribute that to. I mean, Blake Bortles has sure. had his struggles, so maybe that's part of it. Um, but, you you know, I really thought when we signed him that he would be a, a much larger um, presence in the offense. And, you know, he's had some injuries, but still, I mean, you just kind of expect more from that type of signing. Uh, he's definitely larger. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with him, but it, and, and in Denver, he just looked like, you know, just a, a well-conditioned quarter horse out there running these, you know, seam routes and these just crazy things. And now, you know, I think he's spent a little bit much of his time at Metro Diner, you know, a little <laughs> bit of biscuits and gravy, chicken and waffles. I don't know what it is, but he just looks lazy and lackadaisical. But, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe my, just my observation. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I went to Metro Diner on Sunday for breakfast and got that biscuits and gravy that you just referenced. I definitely feel like 20 pounds heavier ever since then. So there's probably I'm telling you, man. That. Yeah. Put you down. It'll, it'll put you down. Yeah. But, uh, he, I mean, Derek's actually argued with me this about this before that he kind of has like a weird look physically. I mean, not just so much the fact that he's like heavier, I guess. And I really haven't paid attention to that, but he just, He's kind of like awkward looking, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, it's like you just don't know how old he is. If he looks like he's just like <laughs> how old he is. He's got the, yeah, dude, he's got the gray hair, the little gray patch, and it's just weird. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, well, something different. Yeah, well, you know, considering uh, we want to try to maybe get uh, him on the podcast in the future, we think you're great, Julius Thomas, and you should come on. So. Um, <laughs> we take all that back. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't look a day over 37. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> 37. <laughs> That's funny. Well, one thing that has been, you know, something that's discussed, you know, a little bit here or there, um, obviously is Blake Bortles, uh, his season so far, you know, 
the guy has only been in the league for so many years, so I'm not one of the one of the ones that is going to you know throw him out the window at this point. But you know, some of the statistics so far through 2016, he certainly regressed a little bit. Um, sure. You know, ranks 26th in, in quarterback rating, uh, 28th in the league in ESPN's QBR, and 24th in completion percentage. Um, sure. You know, what do you what do you think at this point in the season? Like, uh, you know, is again, what what does it come down to? We have the running game. We have Julius Thomas's non uh, presence, and now Blake Bortles struggles. You go from an offense last year that that performed pretty well. Uh, what's the mm-hmm. difference? Man, it, it's it's the turnovers. The, the turnovers, turnovers have to stop. And now, granted, we're in the, you know, they're in the NFL. This is where, you know, a lot of your elite players, elite athletes in the world are. The turnovers have to stop. I mean, it's just one of those things where they're just coming at back-breaking times. I mean, you know, the first drive in, in the Bears game, and not to harp on it too much, but we, we drive the ball down, you know, we get a couple penalties that go our way. And here we are on within the 20 or within the 10 yard line. He's standing there all day and he throws, he throws a pick. Granted, most of that may have been AR's fault. Right. Okay. I understand that. But on the stat sheet, that's a pick for Blake. There isn't a column for bobbled balls that should have been caught that turned into interceptions. It's just INT and that falls on Blake. The fourth quarter defense is out there playing lights out. I mean, you got guys out there flying around the ball, you know, uh, just doing everything they possibly can. We get a turnover, or excuse me, we get a turnover on down. He's running, holding the ball like a loaf of bread, and, you know, here we go. Here it comes. Out out, out comes the ball, and now we've got a fumble. It goes back to those elite athletes where you got guys that are 6, 7, 3, 20, still running, you know, sub-par, four, or excuse me, sub, you know, 5-second, four, four, or 40s, you know, that, that's going to happen. So the turnovers have, have got to stop, especially the back-breaking turnovers, man. That that just kills your momentum, kills your morale. And I think the consensus is around the city is that, you know, he kind of wears his emotions, right. you know, out. You know, he's not like one of those, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or, you know, somebody that that's, you really can't tell what's going on with them. Right. When he's not doing good, you know he's not doing good. Yeah, he, it's so funny. That's been kind of a theme this year. I mean, he definitely is the type that'll throw his hands up and, and you know, show that frustration uh, on his sleeve. Um, but as far as the bobbled ball statistic, there's probably some advanced metric out there, bobble ball adjusted pass ratio or something like that. So oh, to- <laughs> I, I guarantee you Tony, Tony, Tony Khan knows that. Yeah, Tony yeah. Khan has like some type of analytical program where he can, you know, tell you how many balls that have bounced off the receiver's hands and, Crazy stuff like that, I guarantee you. I wish I was that smart. Yeah, he actually got me into starting to, you know, a couple of years back. You know, I, I kind of rewind a little bit. You know, years ago, I, I got into pro baseball in high school because of Moneyball. I read the book, and that kind of got me into yeah. reading more about the advanced stats and everything. But um, uh-huh. when when Shad bought the team, you know, Tony was so influential in the analytics department. And, you know, if you go on, I think, Instagram now, he has a page – where he's like posting uh, infographics every day with different unique statistics about like the NFL and the Jaguars. So I definitely recommend that if you haven't checked that out yet. Um, yeah, man, it's wild. You've seen it? You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it, man. I think he posted one the other day about um, the uh, like some type of stats about kicking in uh, opponents' fields. And then I guess Denver had some crazy stat about how 
opposing teams don't kick well in Denver. And I, you know, some of the numbers and you know, I, I get confused with a greater than or less than sign. So I just looked at it and said, wow, this looks very interesting. And then read it and then kept scrolling on to, uh, Chloe Kardashian's Instagram page, you know, which I follow. So, uh, that was a little bit more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I don't think I, I think pretty much on Instagram, I'm kind of lame. Like I follow a bunch of Jaguar stuff and like cat videos and, and I don't even cook. Oh. I, I follow a lot of like food things for some reason. So, uh, definitely no, uh, Kardashian stuff, but a lot of cat videos. So, um, yeah, it's lame. But so yeah, but one of the things, uh, what was that stat that he put on there? I'm trying to remember it now. Yeah. Stadium effects on kicking and punting, um, was the one that you mentioned because I just pulled it up yeah. just now. And, uh, yeah, there's different percentages, but yeah, just anybody who has an Instagram account, definitely follow him. He's just an interesting guy. He owns, and somehow this is like legal, I guess, but he owns the true media analytics firm, which is, um, supposedly like one of the top sports analytics firms. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then he's also very, uh, interactive with fans, Mm -hmm. uh, on that through that Instagram page as well. So it's awesome to, you know, uh, see him get involved, not necessarily, just not all exclusively on Twitter, but also on Instagram where, you know, it, it kind of, he's out reaching out to the fans and reaching out and making himself, uh, accessible, you know, which is what his dad does also, which, you know, it's just going to do any, nothing but just strengthen the, uh, the fan base. So yeah, Tony Khan's a good, uh, a, a good follow. And, uh, he's, uh, he seems to be pretty, uh, close with Aurelius Ben to have that game winning jersey. That he posted yeah. the other day, also. Yeah, I saw that. They said something about they were uh, friends since college or something. So that was interesting. Um, I guarantee you, he helped him on a couple of math tests. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So this has been the Tony Khan podcast, uh, fan <laughs> fan podcast. Next week we're going to cover some fan fiction um, <laughs> that I wrote recently. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, he is he is cool though. And I honestly, I do wish that. Uh, maybe the Jaguars official uh, shows or even if he was willing to come on here, I do wish that we heard a little bit more from the analytics department in terms of interviews and stuff. It would be kind of cool to, to see it behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But one thing, uh, just kind of going back to Blake. So I, I went on pro football reference was just like becoming one of my favorite sites. And, um, you know, a lot of the talk uh, this week about Blake has been that the no huddle offense is kind of a sweet spot. And so I actually looked on there and you can actually break it down by snap style and huddle. And Mm -hmm. like statistically, it's true. I mean, if you look at it and you break it out, huddle, no huddle, shotgun and under center, um, huddle quarterback rate, 78.1, 79.7 under shotgun, 80% under center, no huddles, 96.6. So, I mean, there's a dramatic increase in his quarterback rating uh, when he's no huddle. And even the completion mm-hmm. percentage is, is still a couple ticks up, um, over the other, um, snap types and huddles. So, I mean, there is something to that. Um, yep. and I, I mean, if the statistics show it and Brian Jackson from Channel 4 News had an article, even, you know, with many quotes from Gus Bradley, who's, you know, kind of conceding that, that that style of offense might be the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. like, how is that not our plan going forward? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, you've seen other teams, notably, you know, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson is outside of the pocket multiple times. Now, it's one of those things where you live and die by because, I mean, you you cut your field in half if you're rolling, you know, to the right, 
you cut your field in half if you roll to the left, you know, opposite way. You know, that that's one of the things you take away a lot of your field percentages. But if your quarterback thrives in setting and if he thrives in, in doing that, and if you have the stats and the numbers to back it up, you know, Tony's got to be in his dad's ear saying, look at this. I mean, this is what it's got to be. You know, he's got to be in someone's ear, you know, saying that he's more, you know, uh, he's more accurate. He's more comfortable. Um, I mean, we got to get more packages out, you know, for Blake to run and, and run the scramble. I mean, all again, if he can protect the ball, you know, if that minimizes his picks, that minimizes the fumbles, but still increases his, uh, you know, uh, effectiveness, I say, why not? Right. That was always like a big complaint about Gus Bradley over the years was this defense was that he wasn't playing necessarily to the, to the player, individual player strengths and weaknesses, but was much more focused on the system. And you almost yeah. wonder, I don't know how influential he is on the offense, but you wonder if him and, and Greg Olson, if it's similar that they've had a plan since the beginning of the season and they're not willing based on last year's results to kind of take a step back and alter that plan. Um, sure. But I mean, the stats are there, so they gotta do something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cause we can't, the Chicago game is not, I mean, we didn't win that game because of offense, okay? <laughs> so, no. clearly. The, the football, NFL, NFL Jesus was, <laughs> uh, was there. Or whichever NFL, you know, God you pray to, he was there at the game in Soldier Field, and we won that game based off of, you know, just, I mean, luck. I mean, we've seen that happen against the Jaguars so many years. And now it felt good for us to finally be, you know, on the, on the, the upside of a, of a, of a lucky play. Right. There's actually an NFL Jesus Twitter account that people like send tweets to. And pray for <laughs> have you seen that account? They like pray for victories. I, I have not. I have not, but I will follow. Is it at NFL Jesus? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it seems extremely <laughs> like sacrilegious, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Oh, man. That, that's it, great. Yeah, but yeah, people will like send it and like he'll bless your team and like write you back and stuff. And um, I don't know if anybody's measured his uh, his blessings to see if it actually reflects anything. <laughs> but um, I'm guessing it probably doesn't. But yeah, there's an account like that. It's kind of weird. Oh man, that that's that that is uh that that's awesome. That that is uh I wonder I wonder what NFL Jesus like. What do you take for communion? Like is it like like a nacho or like some type of tailgate food like a wing? <laughs> <laughs> like, Man, what, like what is it? Like, <laughs> real real communion could be so upgraded by adding some cheese to that little bread thing. You know what I mean? Right, or some or some avocado or some guac or something. Maybe yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, because it seems like they've really over the years like it's become more and more like generic Dollar Tree brand little crackers or whatever it is. They're just not very tasty. But I guess that's not yeah. really the point of it, though. But anyway, that that is that is not. But you know. <laughs> Um, but that's crazy. Yeah. But last thing, uh, on the bears. And again, won't go too much into this because, you know, everybody's been talking about it all week, but I mean, Jalen Ramsey, you can't say much more about that play to end the game and that recovery in the second half. I mean, that's definitely a guy we need leading our team going forward. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a Florida Gator fan. Um, but it, 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 this, this is bittersweet. But Jalen is an absolute baller. I mean, he, he, he is. I mean, once, you know, players leave college and they become a Jaguar, you're a Jaguar, you know, whatever. But for him, for you to have that poise, I mean, he was getting roasted by Alshon Jeffrey. In the first half, I think he had nine for 90. That is 
unreal to have nine catches for 90 yards. Public school math, once again, that's averaging 10 yards a catch. That's a first down. It, it only takes 10 yards to get a first down. So this right. guy's averaging a first down every time he catches the ball. And right. then for you to come back and make your adjustments and make your, you know, just, just literally, you know, buckle that chin strap up and, you know, it was time to put up or shut up at that time. I mean, literally just shut him down the entire second half. And then the, the, the thing that I love the most about it, which we'll probably see a little bit more as Jalen becomes a little bit more veteran and a little bit more accustomed to the speed of the game, et cetera, is he gambled. He gambled on that play. And I think a lot more, uh, I, the more he decides to gamble and the more he decides to, you know, pick and choose his battles what's safe, you're going to see more plays like that. I mean, you know, I would have loved to see a pick there. Uh, but he didn't catch the ball. Game winning. I mean, I mean, game saving. Uh, game saving play, man. Just awesome. Hats off to the kid. Uh, I love how vocal he is on on Twitter. Um, I love how he's not uh, afraid to you know have that confidence. And I mean, he's just a dog. I mean, he's just literally. You hear stories about him eat or at a at Florida State getting kicked out of practice, you know, for going too hard. You know, that's what the, the team, that's what the team's needed, man, for a while. We haven't had a thumper like that since, you know, your Fernando Bryant, your Donovan Dariuses. I mean, the kid is, I mean, he's a stud, man. I like him a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, going into the, the Raiders game, you know, he embraces the challenges. I think I even, I don't know if it was Jaguars, um, Monday or which radio show I was listening to, but I guess he had told the coaching staff with, uh, Jeffrey that he just, he wanted to face him one on one. And I guess that's the same thing this coming week with Amari Cooper is that he just, he, he wants to take on the challenge and he, sure. and and it was even, maybe it was his quote actually, uh, himself where he said that, you know, he, he kind of strategizes that way on purpose because, you know, it almost amps you up even more that if you, if you talk trash and you say that you're going to play their top player one on one, that you almost work harder to kind of live up to that expectation, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's just basically speaking it into existence. He's just letting you know that I want the number one man. I feel like I'm the number one, you know, uh, corner on this team. Therefore, I should be guarding the number one player. And, you know, and stats-wise, you know, um, I don't think Amari Cooper is leading. No, he's not leading the, uh, the Raiders in touchdowns, but he is by far – their, you know, their their biggest offensive weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then for him to go and, and lock him down and maybe put, you know, Prince or Colvin, you know, somebody else on Crabs, uh, or Crabtree, or then you know that that would be uh, that would probably be the best you know situation for us defensively. I agree. I think. Right. Right. Well, so we're coming up to the Raiders game. Jack Del Rio's back into town with his uh, neatly combed hair and leather jackets. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Reebok suits <laughs> um, <laughs> that had to be custom made because I can't. I don't think I've ever seen that in a store. Um, hey, but uh, he, uh, you know, whatever. I, I really don't want to lose to him, and I think that Shad Khan in the back of his head is really hoping we come out with a victory in this game. I mean, not because right. we have anything against Jack Del Rio, but you got to remember when he took over the team, that was one of the first moves he made. Was uh, you know, you know, basically. Cutting him loose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know what's crazy and what's an interesting storyline about this is not only is you know Del Rio coming back, but for a lot of people and a lot of fans, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I assume that the uh, general 
uh, listening um, audiences, kind of that millennial. Um, I'm 30, so I don't know if that's considered millennial, but <clears throat> a lot of a lot of our listeners, a lot of fans now remember Coughlin and they remember Del Rio. You know, so it's going to be one of those things where it's like a homecoming, and but you don't want him to come in and actually, you know, still think that this is his house, right? You know, so I, I just wonder what that feels like. And plus, the the Jags and the Raiders, man, they have so many like weird connections. Like you have Jones Drew that played here; he went to play for Oakland, and I think Kirk Morrison, the old linebacker, oh, was yeah, like here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He he's there, or there's some ties between him and, and Oakland, and then Reggie Nelson between Oakland and here also. You know, so there's a lot of just a lot of. Uh, you know, underlying stories, you know, to this game. And that, that makes it a little bit, tad bit more interesting. Yeah. I don't even like when we were talking about that before uh, we started recording, I didn't even, and maybe I shouldn't admit this because it makes me seem not uh, knowledgeable, but I didn't realize Reggie Nelson even played for the Raiders. So that is kind of crazy. Yeah, dude. The, the crazy thing about Reggie Nelson is, and, and you know, so the, how to kind of be a testament of his season that he's playing, you know, he was with, uh, Cincy last year. Mm-hmm. So right now, you know, if you, the first player, if you had Oakland's defense, you ask your casual NFL fan, the first player they're going to name, uh, you know, on the defense is Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Obviously stud. Then they may name Bruce Irving, you know, another stud, big name offensive or big name that they, they that they picked up in the off season. But as far as leading tackler and combined tackles, Reggie Nelson is leading the Oakland Raiders 41. Combined tackles, quiet, underneath the radar. I mean, he he's a baller. What was his nickname? Uh, in Co- the Eraser, wasn't that his? The Eraser, yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Don't get me started. I love me some Reggie Nelson, man. I was pumped when the Jags drafted him, but like some of the Florida Gators uh, that have come here, they have kind of fizzled out, or you know anything. I actually remember when uh, Reggie Nelson was playing for the Gators. Uh, in Florida, Georgia, there was a play where Leonard Pope, they had this huge tight end that played for Georgia. His name was Leonard Pope. Mm-hmm. He's just running, basically, I think they were running like a, like a kind of like a, a toss sweep type play. And he was kind of like a decoy, mm-hmm. had no, nothing to do with the play. And Reggie Nelson just literally destroyed him. If you guys have some time on YouTube, just YouTube that had no, I mean, just literally just let him know that, you know, this is our house and, uh, just, just clean his clock, man. He, he's pretty good. Right. Yeah, I'll put a link. I'll find that and put a link in our uh, Twitter and Facebook and stuff so people can check it out. But uh, when we face the Raiders, however, we're going to use an ink <laughs> pen, so there will be no reason. <laughs> you like that? That's some creative yeah, trash I, talk, I like, right? I, I, I like that. I like that. I, I, I like it a lot, man. I, I give the players permission to use that on the field as trash talk to throw them <laughs> off his game. It's pretty like intimidating, I feel like. Um, <laughs> Erasable ink. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I guess there is that. But so yeah. I was actually kind of surprised, honestly, in looking at the team defense rankings, uh, that the Raiders actually have the worst defense by, you know, total yardage in the league. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're actually, which I didn't even realize this, we're actually fourth best, um, which is kind of amazing. I mean, again, back to the, you know, the defense completely turning around and now the offense struggles. That's kind of frustrating, but I had no idea the Raiders were, were so bad collectively on defense. Yeah, I mean, you you know, the crazy part about it is as much as Reggie Nelson is making tackles, you don't want your strong safety leading your team in tackles. Yeah, right. Um, you know, that that equals to, you know, what uh, I like to call a little Swiss cheese defense. You know, it's got holes all in it. 
You don't want to, you don't want that to happen. I mean, and plus you, you got these studs on Oakland's defense, you know, couple bad hombres, you know, you, <laughs> from the, from the election last night, but oh, no. you know, they, <laughs> not, not only just to pause really quick, the funniest thing about the election is people on Snapchat mm-hmm. when they like hold their phone up to it and like the dog faces or the little filters, I, I think that just makes it h- hilarious. But uh, anyways, back, back, back to the, you know, the, there's holes in the defense. There, there, there is. And if this has got to be a game to where we can get our offense back on track, we need a literal offense explosion. Like, I mean, their, their holes are going to be there for the running game. There, there's going to be, you know, opportunities for mismatches that we can finally create that have been like that, that we, that have haunted us for like the last four or five years. You know, the, the linebackers that are covering a receiver. What what's still actually happening, but the linebackers that are recovering receivers, the tight end that's just you know streaking down the field, those matchups that have that we ask why do we keep putting ourselves in those positions? You know, we can be those guys now. We can be those guys putting people in places where they don't need to be and exposing them and literally destroying them. And what other way to do it when you know Del Rio's back in town? We're coming back from two wins. You know, not in front of our home crowd. Granted, technically London's a home game, but it wasn't at the bank. Sure, you know, sure. it wasn't in front of everybody screaming Duval. Right. You know, so it doesn't really, it doesn't really have the same effect. So, I mean, this is, it's got to be this game, man. I mean, plus this puts Gus and it puts the team back at 500. Right. I mean, I can't remember the last time we were at 500 and it wasn't like a one and one, you know, type situation right. where there's only two games played and we, we, we lost one and one one. I mean, we legitimately have a chance to, you know, get back to 500 and keep building up on that momentum. I mean, to have three wins in a row, I can't even tell you last time these guys won three games in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think this is going to be kind of a probably the pivotal game in 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 what Gus Bradley's career ends up looking like in Jacksonville. Um, because mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, winning this game puts us back at 500. It's a game mm-hmm. that we should win. And that's kind of been a theme in his tenure here is that games where maybe we had an advantage, we always tend to underperform. Um, so it's perfectly set up for us. I actually have, because yeah. I, I agree with you that this should be a, a huge game, especially offensively. But um, I have a prediction that because Marquise Lee's had a good season so far, you know, relatively speaking with his injuries from prior years, I really think uh-huh. this is going to be like his breakout game, maybe a 100-yard uh, game. Oh, Man, I, 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 I agree. I, I mean, I cannot tell you, you know, how, I mean, it, it's exciting to, to see him and, and, and the flashes that he, that he, that he brings to the field and the mismatches that he creates. And I mean, he's been sure handed and I, I'm just happy to see him actually, you know, being able to contribute to the offense. You know, this is one of those things that we've been talking about, uh, you know, having, you know, AR and Hearns and Marquise Lee all healthy on the same time on the field. You know, the other thing that a lot of people really talk about that's never going to happen, in my opinion, is Blackman. You know, when people used to always say, oh, if Blackman was here and there, da, 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 da. Now we have the three, you know, receivers that, you know, we, we've been leaning on and that we've been wanting, the little nagging injury. You know, I called him Mr. Glass for a while. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with uh, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he was Mr. Glass for a while. Now I'm like, okay. I need to come up with another name, you know, for him because he's actually showing what he can do, you know, and, and I love it. I love it, man. I think that'd be a great, uh, great coming out party for him, a great uh, opportunity, probably the best chance 
for him to, you know, get to his, uh, I think what was probably his first 100 yard game. Yeah. The, yeah. It would be his first, uh, his first, uh, 100 yard game, which is, I don't know. I just feel like this is the perfect opportunity, uh, for that, you know, just with the defense that we're facing. But funny enough about Mr. Glass, do you, I don't know if you remember this, but, uh, what was Greg Olson's nickname for him? Uh, uh, the albino tiger that, you know, he was, he was hurt so often. And I guess like, you know, it's like rare and is, I don't know what the, References, honestly, I guess it's like rare to see that tiger in a zoo or something. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, but you know, it seems like this year he's gone away from that. I don't know what, what changed if he, you know, strengths and conditioning coaches have worked with him or, or whatever. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely, he seems like a good guy and it seems like in all the interviews <laughs> over the years, he's, he's been wanting to get on the field and really contribute. So, um, like you said, sure. I mean, we, with him back, I mean, we have, Potentially, if Julius Thomas can get on board, I mean, we have like a potential, uh, you know, huge passing yardage offense. I mean, we just got to click and start clicking on all cylinders like we were last year, and we'll be a really good team, you know, overall. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree, and you know, a lot of people say that the offensive line, you know, they're, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not good, but they're not as bad as people are making. You know, Blake is getting actual time. Um, you know, he's getting some clean pockets. Uh, you know, I would like more, but I mean, he, it's there. It's not like, you know, he's getting, he's not leading the league in sacks. He's not getting hit as much. You know, it's just gotta be, you know, creative play calling. It's gotta be mismatches. You know, that's how we're going to win. You know, we're not going to line up and beat somebody. We're going to have to catch someone slipping. We're going to have to do, you know, something creative, uh, you know, something unorthodox to get these guys to, you know, get the momentum rolling and get the ball going. I mean, that that's just, you know, really the only thing that we can we can do. You know, we don't have the luxury to just line up and, and smack you in the mouth, you know, for 60 minutes. Right. As far as creativity, I like that Aurelius Ben fall down and get back up play. I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty creative. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. That's one of those old school schoolyard plays where, you, you know, two-hand touch, and it's like, oh, nope, you only got me with one hand, and you're yep. still running down the field yelling, and, you know, so – I mean, I, that, that game, man, it was so hard to watch. And, and when he, when he, when he fell, I literally jumped up off of my couch and screamed, get up and run. And, you know, that, it it was just awesome to see, man. Like I said, it's just one of those things where the, the cookie finally crumbled in our, in our spot. And, you know, it it was just great to see. Great to see. Well, we'll have to see uh, Sunday if we can kind of keep the momentum going. Uh, I think all the fans are really hoping so, and, you know, obviously, but um, we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, any other notes that you had on the Raiders game? Man, you know, the, the thing about it is, you know, they, they're, they're a good team. You know, they're, they're tied for first place in a, in a pretty competitive uh, AFC West. You know, you got the Chargers. Everyone knows what they did to us. Uh, we still got to play uh, Denver. You know, I, I think it, it, they just got to come out, man, and stop the penalties. And I, I think it's good, man. And if we can keep uh, Crabtree, you know, bottled up, uh, you know, whatever uh, slide term you want to use for, you know, crab trap or crab boil, <laughs> whatever we can do, man, to keep him boxed up and not in those mismatches, I, I think it's a, it's a key to victory, man. Yep. Got to shut those, uh, what is it, bad hombres down? Yeah, I got to shut those bad hombres down. <laughs> that that, that uh, Trump, man, that that, that guy's that's it's, it's hilarious, man. I the whole election is just it's 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 like a bad reality show. 
Yeah, yeah, that's pretty dumb. Like, like Rock of like Rock of Love. You ever watch Rock of Love on VH1 with like Brett Michaels? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really watch it, but I caught like enough of it to know that was definitely not anything. <laughs> that guy's just weird to me. I don't know. I don't get the attraction. I mean, but I don't get the the deal with him. Like, he just seems yeah. gross to me. I don't know. Man, hey, hey, man. You know, every every. I mean, we we uh, everyone finds love. You know, I mean, <laughs> look at Derek. Der- Derek's married now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's true alright well uh, we're definitely looking forward to the game Sunday just to kind of uh, close up guys just please remember to uh, if you're on iTunes just kind of throw us a little rate and review on there um, we can definitely use them it just helps us move up the charts a little bit um, we're on three different platforms now uh, iTunes, SoundCloud as always and now Stitcher so I've noticed we've had a little uptick in, in listeners on Stitcher so um, if you like that that platform, we're on there now. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Um, always post links to the new episodes and give updates when we have them on when new episodes are coming out. So definitely subscribe and, and follow us on there. And again, congrats, Derek, on getting married. And yeah, uh, congrats, Derek. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'll be uh, back and uh, ready to go uh, after his uh, honeymoon. So uh, JK3, thanks again for joining the podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah. Hey man, I, I appreciate it, man. Any any time, like I said, it's been uh, great to sit and, and talk. Big fan of the uh, of the podcast, man. I think you guys do an awesome job. Uh, I wonder if Wendy is going to let Derek keep his uh, his Jordan collection. I don't know <laughs> if you knew that about Derek. He's got man, he he's got an insane collection, and I don't know, man. I, I've been noticing some Instagram posts of some some shoes going up, so okay. I'd ask him about that next time. Yeah, because I really need to. Uh, I mean, I could I could use a couple Jordans probably you know, I mean, <laughs> to look cool and stuff. So uh, yeah, I'll man, sh- shoot him a text message or something. I don't know. But, uh, when when he comes back from his ultra secretive uh, honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll I'll touch base with him. But uh, but yeah, yeah. we'll uh, I'll I'll check the stats after this episode and see how if we have any negative reviews or unsubscribes, and if we do, we'll just we'll just not talk to you again. Okay. Yeah, you can you can you can point them to my uh, my, my Twitter handle, and uh, you know I, I'd be more than happy to take the brunt of it. I don't want to bring down the value of your show. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, yeah, I'm just just a casual fan, just wanting to share my opinion. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, you were good. Trust me, if people listen with me on here, then we have something going at least, I guess. But um, what is your Twitter handle, by the way? Do you want to share that? Um, yeah, man, it's at jkda. Third, you know, so J K D A T H I R D. Um, you know, shoot me out, follow man. Um, you know, tweets are my own. I, I'm not responsible for what I tweet on uh on on game day. <laughs> is your yeah, man, is your Twitter account sponsored by some corporation? Is that why you're throwing a disclaimer on there? Um, it is actually sponsored by the Bad Ombre Taco Truck. Oh, okay, great. Good. <laughs> Good. I love political titles. We, we have a lot of success with that. Um, I mean, this this podcast has been sponsored by Adidas and Yeezy. Um, it's been sponsored by some tacos now, man. I mean, hey, man, you, you keep this up. You're going to be rolling in the dough. You don't have to work at the bank anymore. Yeah. Well, don't forget about Toyota Corolla, too. So. Oh, the Corolla. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yep, my, yep. Yeah. Yeah. My... Uh, my, I got some family members that are pretty, uh, pretty deep in the Toyota stock, so they, uh, they would love that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, please, uh, keep, uh, listening. <laughs> That's, I guess, my sign off for today, and we'll talk to you guys, uh, later. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.